Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Imagine if we were other people. Imagine if one if you tuned in. Yeah. I'm Willie Rushton. I'm Willie Rushton, and I'm Tim Taylor. (laughs) And this is Top Flight Time Machine. Um, Sam Delaney and Andy Dawson are dead. <laughs> we killed them they- with our bare hands. <laughs> it, they were, ironically, they were both unrelated incidents. <laughs> I, Tim Brooke Taylor, became embroiled in a uh, road rage incident with Sam at Heston Services <laughs> just outside London on Saturday afternoon. It became physical, things escalated, and I bashed his head in with a rock um, until his brain spilled out. And so he's dead in a completely unrelated incident at the other end of the country. Willie Rushton became embroiled in a separate argument with Andy Dawson in a Sunderland branch of Astor's over the purchase of the last giant sausage roll at the delicatessen counter. Um, Willie Rushton, who is more of an artful killer, wound yeah. up going back to Andy, da- tra- following Andy Dawson home, waiting outside his home, sneaking in to his home when Andy was down in his basement doing some <laughs> admin stuff. <laughs> uh, Rushton stole in like a shadow, injected the half already half eaten sausage roll he had observed Dawson eating the sausage roll in the car on yeah, the way home from the Astors yeah. and had left the other half in the fridge for later Willie Rushton stole in injected it with poison mm. then disappeared again Dawson is dead when we realised we had both committed separate murders on the same weekend at opposite ends of the country, we turned to each other for help. And when the coincidence became clear, we decided that we should take over this podcast. <laughs> we returned to Dawson's basement, hacked into his computer and got the login for the podcast. And now here we are. We now control the social media and all of the other assets. And the it's iron legally filings, ours. It, the iron filings money is now ours. <laughs> yeah well i think it would be although it's a shame that they killed us it i think there's it, it, no better duo that yeah. i would like to leave it in the hands of perhaps it was time to move on you know things change exactly. everything sometimes you need to freshen things up like top yeah. gear did exactly exactly mm. um that thing about eating a sausage roll while driving mm. that's something that i do and i often yeah. worry that i'll get caught by one of those cameras they have over over mm. bridges yeah. Do you know what I mean? Chubby Brown got caught once reading the Daily Mirror while he was driving on the A19 <laughs> near his home in Middlesbrough, and he got done for that. And I, I saw the picture of no, him. No, they, they, they can't do you for eating a sausage roll behind oh, the wheel. You've got to be careful, haven't you? The Daily Mirror rested against his steering wheel. He's reading the fucking newspaper while he was driving. 
That's an absolute arrogance of celebrity, isn't it? Yeah, he's probably desperately scouring it to see mention of himself in the gossip pages. I'm chubby fucking brown. I can do anything I want. I can read the newspaper (laughs) while I'm driving. No one can stop me. Sorry, officer. Is there something about the words chubby brown you don't fucking comprehend? (laughs) Um, This is the Kevin Keegan Odyssey, Mm. part 13. And it's... uh, it's little moments like we've just experienced there as Willie Rushton and Tim Brooke Taylor. Little diversions that have kind of led this to being 13 Stretched parts so out. far. And who mm. knows where it'll lead to. Uh, in the last episode, of course, Laurie McMenemy uh, was just about to unveil KK as a Southampton player after luring him in with a, a light-fitting ruse. Yeah. And he'd, uh, he'd been for dinner with the author uh, Leslie Thomas. <laughs> giving him a big clue that he was signing a KK for Southampton by whispering in his ear KK as he Kevin left the dinner party I'm signing Kevin fucking Keegan <laughs> um, Kevin says the press still hadn't twigged even when Laurie arranged a news conference at the Potter's Heron Hotel near Romsey to announce somebody who was going to play a big part in Southampton's future. Nobody had seen me land at Southampton Airport. That in itself is a very curious statement. Mm. There's a lot of uh, a lot of staff at an airport, and Kevin Keegan is a very very noticeable figure. So perhaps it was a disguise job again. It would have been a it would have been a disguise. I mean, fucking everything's a no, disguise. We job. know enough. We know enough about Double K now at this stage of the book yeah. to know that. He is a master of disguise, and that is definitely how he would have got through Southampton Airport. He, he probably only spends 15% of his time as KK. The rest of his time, he'll be in a, a series of disguises. He's like Hannibal from the A-Team. Yeah. He, he's dressed as an old tramp or yeah. as a dinosaur or something like that. Maybe he's a sexy woman. Yeah. <laughs> sexy Kevin, like when <laughs> Bugs Bunny becomes sexy Bugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he says, when I walked into the press conference, there were audible gasps. Well, there would be. Because <laughs> I was dressed as a sexy woman. <laughs> <laughs> Laurie, you've signed, this, you've signed this sexy woman. who looks just like Kevin Keegan. I fully believe that this sexy woman will give us the firepower we need to seriously challenge for the title this season. It's 1980. Football is changing. And it's time we introduce sexy women into the first <laughs> 11 at the top level of football. <laughs> we can't be left behind. It won't be long before the big clubs on the continent, like Ajax and Juventus, start employing sexy women. And before long, the likes of Manchester United and Liverpool will be doing the same. I, Laurie McMenemy, have always seen myself as a pioneer whether it be in the acquisition of light fittings from the continent right through to the introduction of sexy women in top-flight football, which is why we're here today. <laughs> so Keegan walks in. Audible gasps. All gasps are audible, surely. Yeah. A silent gasp is not a gasp. It's, not, it's just a, it? a person opening their mouth quite wide. Yeah. Um, he says it's always nice to scoop the journalists and I wasn't going to play down my ambitions I was there I explained because I wanted another stab at the first division title and genuinely believed a club of Southampton size could do it mm. that that doesn't seem plausible although I suppose Nottingham Forest had won the league kind of four, two, two, three years before that yeah. hadn't they? 
Exactly. So, so it's it, it so yeah. So uh, in that uh, in that time and Derby County, not that long before, less than ten years before, yeah. we've done it too. So it didn't. It wouldn't have seemed that crazy a dream in it those days. A bit of a leap, and I think Keegan saw himself as that leap. He saw as that as leap because he's already said they had some top experienced players. It was a bit of an aging kind of. You know, Dad's army dirty thing, dozen. It? Yeah, it was like great legendary players, but in the autumn of their careers. And he thought he was still sort of in his prime. Yeah. Why shouldn't he have pushed it to the next level? And he says, after signing the contract, I went back to Germany and I even cut my second pop single. The sequel to Head Over Heels in Love. I didn't even know there was a sequel to no. Head Over Heels in Love. And this was called, get this, To Be Home Again in England. <laughs> I wonder if he did this with the Yugoslavian fellas again. No, that would have annoyed them because at that stage, I think he was in talks with them to move to Yugoslavia. Now, the thing is, now I'm going to do another single, lads, but I've had uh, I've had some some ideas of my own which I'd like to carry on without you two. I'm thinking of going down a, a different path. Let's call it creative differences. I'm calling it to be home again in England, and uh, I'll be writing and recording and producing this one all by myself. So, uh, TTFN, thanks for everything. <laughs> this doesn't seem to be on YouTube at all, this one. So I don't know what this sounds like, but he says it had some acoustic strumming and wonderfully corny lyrics, such as, Oh, how I yearn to be home again in England. We'll sit by the fireside and sing. We'll walk down a country lane on Sunday morning. It sounds like a Tory manifesto, doesn't it, from the yeah. early 80s. He's living in fucking dreamland. Yeah. So that one... Didn't chart, I don't think. Uh, it's on eBay if you want to buy it for 15 quid on a seven-inch single. 15 quid? 15 quid. I bought my missus a load of seven-inch singles as a as a quirky Valentine's present. Right. I got seven classic love songs. Oh. And I put, I put them in a red envelope. Right. And I said to her, "Are you uh, have you played those singles? And she went, nah, the record player doesn't play seven inches. What? Well, there's no, you know, on old record players that on record on old record players, there was a way. There was just a button. It said thirty three or forty five, wasn't there? There was a switch. You switched it. I got a modern trendy one. It's supposed to be. It was expensive. It was supposed to be a fucking knockout one. But obviously, I only have albums. I've got a load of seven inches, and we can't work out how to change the speed. There's no but. There's no switch. (laughs) So the reason I'm saying it is is Cunters. Get involved and tell me how I am supposed to fucking switch this play in seven inches. Have you tried just googling the fucking name of it and the model number and right, playing seven inch singles on it? it? Well, are you going to tell us what it's called? The, the record All right, player. Fucking well, hold on a sec. Jesus I'll Christ! I'll go over and have a look. I'll Google it for you, you prick. It's called the Planar One. P L A N A R. Yeah, that's one. a good one. That. Yeah, it's good. Gotta be able to play 45s for fuck's sake. Ah, oh, get this. You can change the playing speed by simply removing the platter and moving the belt to either the 33 or 45 RPM wheel of the drive pulley. What the fuck? You need to dismantle the fucking thing and reassemble yeah, it again just to put a stupid. single on. I mean, I can see how that's gonna fucking end as well. I mean, I'll just uh, I'll just <clears throat> fucking disassemble it and then not remember how to put it back together again. It's what too a, risky. What a load of shit. 
It's too risky. I think it's safer for everyone if I take those like that thoughtful Valentine's present and smash it into tiny pieces, <laughs> then sprinkle it over a fucking pillow. <clears throat> so it'll it be all scratchy. Yeah. Sprinkle it over the record player and then take it down to the tip. No, but the reason I'm cross with her is that I think that she should have made more of an effort to investigate this herself. Really? Uh, I gave it to her. Uh, yeah, and she's just like, nah, don't play them. And then just put them fuck knows where well, to one side. Them, but you've got to, you've got to be, be a fucking engineer to do it. She, she hasn't even gone that far to well, investigate you. like you have. Neither of you. Yeah, but it was the the onus was on her. I did the hard bit of thinking of the idea and then going and buying for it, and they weren't cheap either. <clears throat> I'd recommend the Audio Technica ATLP one twenty USB turntable, which I bought before Christmas for about two hundred quid, and it's right. got a button where you just press thirty three or forty five, and you well, can I make could... the records play backwards or forwards, and you can change the speed. So what, what are you playing fucking records backwards for? To listen to, to see the messages. Devils. Would you try and play Kevin Keegan's single "Head Over Heels"? You know what happens if you play that backwards? It says "Heels Overhead." <laughs> oh, we getting a right of fuffle, Len? Coming off, going to and off, rowing. Word of warning: Don't try and play mine backwards. I know a lot of the kids go in for playing all those the Led Zeppelins backwards, and next thing you know, they're getting up to all sorts of silly buggers. But if you play mine backwards, all it'll tell you to do is go heels overhead instead of head over heels. And that way you can do yourself a nasty back injury. <laughs> and then you find yourself driving to Germany during the Spanish World Cup to get your back put right. <laughs> oh, cripes. We haven't we'll gotten to that, that yet. On. We'll get to yeah. that on about episode 45. Yeah. Um, where were we? Yeah, so he's done this other single, To Be Home Again in England. Um, it doesn't seem to be on YouTube, unfortunately. If I do find it, I'll drop it into the episode at this point. This is it. Anyway, he joins Southampton, signs up. You know, like we said, there's players like Mick Shannon, there's Alan Ball, um, quite a few other big Ch- names. Charlie and George. Charlie George, of course, yeah. Charlie George yeah. lost a finger, didn't he, in a lawnmower accident? Today, silly bastard. Yeah, pretty sure he did. Kev says, training at Southampton was certainly different, especially on a Friday when the players piled into the gym and the name of the game was to kick the living daylights out of each other. <laughs> Way! <laughs> Great that in an indoor football this... where it's coming off the walls and there's no hiding place. Yeah. And if, if you if you face the wall and you're in a tight spot, the other players, your mates, <laughs> run over and it's just like carte blanche to smash you face first into the wall. Yeah. And then just kick you in the ankle, in the arse, everywhere in the in the base of the spine is this... until you release the ball. Is this is this a game you've played? I've never played this before. What's it called? Just indoor. That's what happens in indoor, indoor football, football. In indoor football, because the ball never goes out of play, and you just get smashed everywhere. It's brilliant. Well, it's not. It's awful. I haven't done it in years. But when you're a kid, it seems fun. Jesus. Uh, he describes it, and it's, it's you know it's in keeping with what you've just said. He says there's four bare walls, a hard surface, and no escape. Players yeah. were squaring up, kicks were going in, and vendettas forming. Oh. <laughs> Imagine Alan Lovely. Ball. 
turned into some kind of fucking deranged ginger fucking psycho. Yeah. I fucking kill you, Charlie George. <laughs> you lose more than a finger. <laughs> I kick off. I kick the foot. How do you fancy losing the other four as well? You can I'll, I'll kick your fucking cock off. <laughs> Come on, kick your cock off. Hey, hey, hey. Big mac and cheese comes in. Hey, calm down, lads. There'll be no cock kicking. There'll be no cops getting kicked off today. Not on my watch. Not on the match tomorrow. <laughs> Charlie needs that cock. We've, we've got Liverpool at Anfield. He'll be needing that cock. <laughs> you need every kind of advantage you've got. You don't want your centre of gravity knocked out of whack before you go to Anfield. And if Not when you're going up against Sooness and Dalgleish. There's one thing that'll knock your centre of gravity out of work. It's getting your cock kicked off. Trust me. I know. Don't ask why. <laughs> this is a throwback to McMenemy's time as a guardsman, isn't it? This is military-style football, this. <laughs> yeah. Locking them in a room and letting them kick the shit out of each other. Uh, Kev says, I was used to be everything being ultra-professional at Hamburg and couldn't believe what I was seeing. I even went to see Laurie to complain. Grassy little fuck. Yeah. Laurie, Laurie, <laughs> I, have I don't think complaint. it's very professional. I've got a couple of complaints to make. I don't think what we're doing in the gym is very professional in the least. I thought this was a forward-thinking club. I thought we were looking to sign sexy women and, <laughs> and import light fittings from Germany. This is not what I expected. If you put a sexy... Well, I can tell you, if you put a sexy woman in that room, I'll tell you what will happen. She'll get her tits kicked off. <laughs> And then you'll be for it with the Football Association. But Millichip will be hearing of this. And the tabloid press. They'll want to know more about the tits, that's for sure. <laughs> if you were to take Penalty Pit Stop and put her in that room with all them fellas, she wouldn't last five minutes. In a 1930s racing costume. <laughs> Think again. It'll end in disaster. I'm used to things being ultra-professional in Germany. Kev. Like where we had that coach who sat on a bucket, pissed out of his head every day. Just shouting at us to run. Lost <laughs> the European Cup final, that did. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. If you remember, we didn't sign a sexy woman. You were that sexy woman. Oh. Oh, yeah, so, so, so I was. Well, the point still stands. <laughs> it's very easy for you to stand there, Laurie, being clever with the English language, like a barrister in a court of law. But the fact remains... There'll be no sexy women signing for this club as long as you've got that kind of dressing room talk going on. Although maybe if everyone's getting their cocks kicked off, it might be what we need in order to accommodate a sexy woman. <laughs> Keep everyone in check. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, come on now. Just get back to your exercises. There's no stop. sexy women. Just try to relax. <laughs> Clear your mind. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. Laurie's response was that the players enjoyed the rough and tumble, and sure enough, within a few weeks, I was loving every minute of it. Those vicious five-a-sides were strangely addictive. It was carnage sometimes, but it helped to build a tremendous spirit in the same way that Wimbledon used to do some unconventional stuff in the days mm. of the crazy gang. I yeah. can even remember trying to persuade Laurie we should do it on a Tuesday as well. <laughs> this feels like a very Tuesday kind of thing, Laurie. Cock kicking. In those days, clubs, footballers, I think nowadays footballers are pretty modern. On the whole, it is professionalised. But... In those days, even in the top flight, I mean, you talk to some footballers. Someone someone said once that he was at a club, a pretty advanced club, and things get... The, the way that the players used to act towards each other in a constant game of kind of one-upmanship about who could be the most outrageous or disgusting. Yeah. That very often, when you've gone beyond violence and sex, yeah, the next level is faeces. Right. And a player told me that there was a lad who just came up to it. Well, we know the story about um, about uh, uh, Neil Ruddock sitting in the big bath after he'd been sent off. And when all the team, his teammates came in, he appeared to be toking on a big cigar, which on closer inspection turned out to be a big turd. Yeah. That he was pretending to be a cigar. Yeah. And then Jesus. this player told me that one time a player just came up behind him, tapped you on the shoulder, and when he looked round... He had a handful of his own shit and he started eating it just to weird him out. Oh, man. So I heard this and I thought, was this just common practice? He went, yeah, people are always doing things with shit. So I said to another footballer I know, oh, when you were a player, how much was shit um, a thing in, the, in and around the dressing room? And mm. he said, without hesitation, yes, like a lot. Mm. And he, he told me that he used to play for Tottenham, this player, and he said that one one of his teammates used to enjoy shitting into Eric Torsvet's goalkeeping glove right. at half-time. Yeah. So when Eric went out for the second half, he'd pull on his glove and it would be filled with human excrement and right. he'd just go, understandably, he'd go mental. Yeah. Uh, not good preparation, is it, for the second half? Not really. Surprising he's mental, he should just take it on the chin, so to speak. If that's the culture, <laughs> of, <laughs> shit <laughs> again with the shit, shit in my glove. English Normal. idiots. Normal. Come on, lads, let's get out there and give it our best. <laughs> this is it. So it doesn't go as well as he hopes. Um, Liverpool win the league during Kev's first season, and Southampton finish uh, sixth, I think it was, or seventh. And then they have a spell the next season where they were top of the league for a while, but again, it, it fell away. Um, and he says that his relationship with Laurie McMenemy took a turn for the worse after they lost at home 3-0 against Southampton. Laurie was entitled to be angry, but he also had the temerity to say, I was not trying. <sighs> Nobody had ever said that to me before. And then he went even further. He called us cheats. Fucking His own hell. manager called them cheats? Yeah. That's massive, he says. That's, that's big words. I'd never been called a cheat in my life and something broke for me that day. Laurie, Laurie McMenemy, that day you called me a cheat, you broke my heart. 
<laughs> you broke my massive heart. Not easily broken. It's a big heart and it's tough. It's and a... it's fueled by electricity. <laughs> and you short-circuited it. Well done. Well done. Round of applause for Laurie McMenemy. Short-circuited special case. <laughs> Beautiful electric heart. <laughs> he says, uh, after everything I'd done in my career, the rejections I'd suffered, the way I'd worked for everything I'd ever achieved, it was probably the worst thing he could ever have said. It was worse than getting my cock kicked off. <laughs> if someone had asked me that day, would you rather have your heart short-circuited by words <laughs> or your cock kicked off by a foot, I would have chosen the latter. <laughs> Ten times out of ten. So that was uh, that was the beginning of the end of the Southampton thing for him. Yeah, I mean, knowing what we know about Kevin Keegan, that really is the worst thing you could say to him because yeah. his whole his whole persona that he's built is around being big-hearted, yeah, fair, um, yeah, enthusiastic, optimistic, tenacious. Yeah, tenacious, and he'll he'll admit to certain things like being fiery or petulant at mm. times because he said, "Well, it's just the passion getting the better of me." Yeah, but cheating is the worst thing you could possibly he'll, accuse he, him of. He'd never admit to giving anything less than a hundred percent at all times. Yeah. in everything exactly. he does. So uh, McMenemy, you know, bad man management. That he, he signed uh, signed the divorce papers there, didn't he? He was the Leslie yeah. Grantham, and Kevin was the Anita Dobson. Yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. And uh, Kev says, after that, everything happened very quickly. I was on my way to Newcastle United, so that deal was done. Of course, Newcastle were in the second division then, so it was a drop down Re- for him. Th- but this is a very strange transfer. I mean, I- strange. it was strange enough, Hamburg to Southampton, but Southampton to Newcastle, really peculiar. Now, he's synonymous with Newcastle. I can't you know win the I mean? league with but Southampton in the first division, so I'll go in the second division, try and win it with a big club there instead. See if I can win that. I need to win! I need to win! He says, I was on my way to Newcastle, but first I had to break the news to Alan Ball, my dear pal. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> come and sit on my knee, I've got some news for you. <laughs> no, we're not playing ventriloquist again. Stop it, Alan. Stop, running. Stop rolling around. <laughs> Be sensible now. Daddy's got to talk to you about something serious. He liked to call me Daddy, and I was fine with it. It suited me. He were a World Cup winner. I hoped some of it would rub off on me. <laughs> Come on, hop up. Don't be scared. I've got a little sweetie for you. Now, there you go. Pop that in your mouth and listen to what I'm going to tell you. Cuddle in listen tight. Listen very carefully. Cuddle in tight, because you're not going to like it. <laughs> He says it was a tough conversation. Mick Shannon had already left and Alan was very upset, even shedding a few tears. Oh, imagine that crying little Alan Ball. (laughs) Kevin, can you go? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to Newcastle United. Where's that? Is it far away? Can I come? No, you can't come. It's very far away. It's very, very far away. It's a very far away place. Can I visit sometimes? Well, no. yes, maybe you can, but it, to be honest, it's probably best we never see each other ever again. <laughs> well, will, will we get will we get to play each other? Will we get to meet each other at half time? No, I'll be in a different league. We'll never see each other again, Alan. You must deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now there's snot. There was snot running out of his nose and directly into his mouth. It was sickening. <laughs> I, I turned away. I couldn't look at him. 
it were embarrassing for both of us. <laughs> Alan, I don't understand why you're doing it, Kevin. You're going to leave me here with Mick Shannon and Charlie George and all of those other mean kids trying to keep me cock off. Me cock will never get through this now. It were, you were the only thing standing between my cock and Charlie George. <laughs> Alan, Alan, you're 38. Have you not thought about maybe retiring at some point? I don't want to retire. I want to be a little footballer forever. Please stay, Kevin. I keep going on and on and on, but I can't do it without you. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing. And he says the saddest part was leaving on poor terms with Laurie, who was such a wonderful football man and it wasn't the cleanest of breaks. I had signed a new contract the previous November and there was an outcry from Southampton's fans when they heard I was on my way out. A lot of people had bought their season tickets expecting me to be in the team and they convinced themselves the news had been deliberately held back till they parted with their money. So I think they, they thought that Keegan was some kind of, I don't know, financial Ponzi scheme or something like that. A pyramid scheme. <laughs> this is a considered holding a press conference to make it clear that wasn't the case. Classic Keegan. Yeah. Maybe we should do a press conference. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Too many I press- think we should. I'll organise it. Yeah, I'll spend the day calling every journalist in the country and telling them to come to a church hall I've rented. <laughs> I even contemplated taking out a full-page advertisement in the local newspaper, but the reality was there was never going to be a nice way to go. He just doesn't want to hurt anybody, does he? He just he wants to be no. do the right thing well, by everyone. That's that's double K, yeah. Uh, he says, Time is a healer, though, and I'm glad Laurie and I eventually settled our differences. We are still good friends to this day, as are our wives, Jean and Anne. And maybe I did. <laughs> we know dis- your wife's name, mate. You said. I mean, it's weird that he keeps like mentioning it again. She's been yeah. in it right from the start. <laughs> My wife, Jean Keegan. He <laughs> says maybe I did him a disservice thinking all that stuff about the life fitting might have been a ruse. Well, it was. Of course, it was. It, it was fucking definitely a ruse, mate. I mean, I if it wasn't a ruse, if, if it wasn't a ruse, it makes it weirder. Yeah. Like, if he really was just bringing you, Kevin Keegan, to sort out a light fitting, that makes him twice as fucking weird. It's a piss The only anything. rational explanation is that it was a ruse. <laughs> and he says, uh, I did bring it over from Hamburg for him anyway, and it illuminated the landing of his house for many years. <laughs> <laughs> really weird thing for him to remember. They probably they probably still talk about it when they get together with Jean and Anne. Remember that light fitting? How's it going? Is it still going strong? Is it still illuminating the landing of your house? I uh, bet every time you go in, what? you switch that light on, and and you become you become engulfed in that beautiful light, that beautiful German light. And every time you say a little prayer for old Double K, <laughs> what? What life fitting? What are you talking about? Oh, sorry, Kev. Yeah, that life fitting. Yeah, yeah. It's still on. It's still on the London me. I was still going strong. Yeah. Funny. You never invite me round to your house to have a look at it, do you, Laurie? I'd like to do that one day. I'd like to uh, go you and see it. One time, as I say, last time you popped over, <laughs> it was actually um, it was at the Menders having mm. a little bit of a service. Yeah, to be, we send it back to Germany once in a while for a yeah. clean up. You know. Well, that's why it weren't there. And I've, I've, oh I've, yeah, I understand. I've been getting some dogs as well, and they're very yappy. They're very annoying. If you came round my house, it would just get on your nerves. That's why we come here, or we go out to a to a nice country restaurant. And uh, I think all right, but I think it's the best light fitting you've probably ever had, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say it probably is. You had to think about it. I don't know why. 
What? Name three better light fittings you've had. No, you're right. I can't. Yeah, can't well been. then, shut up. It's got to be the best one because you had to source it from Germany. You wouldn't have done that if it weren't really good. Come on, Laurie. <laughs> Keep up. Just say it, Laurie. Just say it and then we can move on with the evening. <laughs> All right, it's the best light fitting I ever had. Good. Now, Gene, what are you having for starter? Pint of prawns, is it? <laughs> the usual. <laughs> Pint of prawns, then lasagna with chips. Lovely. <laughs> Laurie, what about you? I'll have a steak. No, you'll have the pint of prawns and then a steak. So we're having four pints of prawns first. <laughs> oh, he's so controlling whenever we go out for dinner with a, as a couple, two couples. It's like you might as well not bother looking at the menu. It's like he's decided before we get there. What I do is I come here earlier in the week and I and I examine the menu and I start thinking three to four days in advance what the best order is going to be for each of us. That way we save time when we arrive at the restaurant on the Saturday night. Preparation is key. Yeah, but yeah, but Kevin, it's always a pint of prawns as a starter every single time. And maybe I'd like some patty on toast for once, something like that, you know. No, oh, no. fuck off, Laurie. You're so pretentious. Laurie, pound for pound, you can't beat a pint of prawns. <laughs> Apart from anything else, it's the most cost-effective starter as well. They're not going to give you a pint of fucking patty, are they? <laughs> Get a tiny little poxy bit on a plate. Imagine if you had a pint of patty, you'd be shitting through the eye of a needle for a week. <laughs> yeah, I hate oh, people God. like that in restaurants. Oh, well. Well, That's it for this week. We'll, we'll leave it there, because he's just about to sign for Newcastle. That can, that can all happen in the next episode. Episode 14 of the yep. ongoing Keegan Odyssey. It is a long one, but, you know, like, when we did the original Keen Odyssey, Keen, it was... Well, I suppose he, he retired from Man U, then he had Sunderland, then he had Ipswich, and then it was over. Keegan's life and career is so long and rich in incident. Yeah. I think this, more than almost any, any footballing biography, is going to be the longest because he's he's crammed a lot it's, in, hasn't he? jam-packed with incidents as well. I think with the Keane Odyssey as well, we didn't realise that we could possibly drag the arse out of it as much as we have done subsequently because it was our first <laughs> Odyssey. With hindsight, it was. Yeah, we might go we've back, learned a lot. We might go back and do a, a, a director's cut of the first key. Deep, deep dive. Yeah, I've always wanted to do a deep dive into the deep dive. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in a few years. Anyway, right. we'll be back tomorrow probably because we generally are. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Tada. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.